0: This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world.
1: Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out
0: this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about
1: infrastructure.
0: When 20 years ago, they didn't even know what that meant. Today, those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige, and engineering first.
1: It's impacting
0: everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being
1: done right now. York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today, and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper.
0: Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1N. <laughs> Hello and welcome to your first World's Best Construction Podcast of 2024. Today's episode is sponsored by Trimble Construction. I'm your host, Fred, and as always, I'm joined by Liam and Luke. Happy New Year, guys! How you doing?
2: Good, mate. Good. Happy New Year's, boys. It's good to it's good to see you. It's good to be back. I um I wrote 2024 yesterday on a document, and I thought, oh, I don't like that. I don't like right. that 2024. 2020 was four years ago. That's, this is um, it. We
0: are living in the future.
2: Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it, mate. A bit no. depressing, to be honest. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's, it is January in uh, in Europe. Yeah, which is also a bit depressing. It's not the most so... happiest time of year. No. Oh, I
0: see. You mean weather? I was saying it's January in Australia as well, mate. But um you mean yeah, weather wise. Well,
1: yeah, mate. Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> how big
0: is this time difference? <laughs> yeah, I reckon. It was weird. I always find it weird in New Year's where you're in 2024 and we're in 2023 mm. for a bit. I know that's just how time zones work, but that yeah. is that is
1: strange. Mm, it's a bit yeah. weird. That is very weird. I uh I kicked off the new year. I've been going to the beach the last couple of days. I've got a funny uh thing that happened to me that I think you guys will f- find quite interesting. So we were oh, swimming no. today. Oh at no, where's this beach And someone announces over the, um, lifeguard announces over the speaker, everyone uh, leave the water. There are uh, blue bottle jellyfish um, in the water. And they're like a super like... Um, they cause, like, intense pain with their stings. They're, like, like not a joke kind of thing. I think there's a Bondo rescue episode where someone gets stinging and his arm looks like it's, like, lacerations on his arm. Oh. So everyone jumped out of the water and you just sort of stood there and looked at them. Like, they all, like, swarm in kind of thing. I
2: another reason to visit uh, yeah, Australia. I find yeah. that interesting. Yeah, another thing yeah. that can kill you in Australia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're not selling it to me, mate. <laughs>
2: I've been been meaning to ask, Um, obviously this is kind of like a 2024 special episode, but Fred, have you got any like trips planned for this year, any personal or business stuff planned? There's a lot of business stuff planned, they're not not
0: fully firmed up yet, but there's a few things happening, Um, we are going to Belgium in a couple of weeks, should be pretty good for a project we're filming out there, there's a couple of long hauls which aren't fully firmed up yet, a bit of the United Mm. States... Possibly a bit of Canada, which should be good. So Canada, yeah. Have you been yeah. to Canada? You have. I well the debate. debate. Oh, I have been to Canada. I spent two hours on a military airport runway in Canada, <laughs> and I used the loo. So if you've been to the loo in a country, that counts. So I've I used the loo on the plane. On the plane,
1: in were you on the in plane in Canada? Yeah, I didn't get off the plane. No, nah, it doesn't plane. count. Well, if if you're Canadian military police. If you're not if you're not on the ground walking on the, the walking on the ground, that's Nah, mate, you're in transit. <laughs> Essentially, flew over it.
0: No, mate, I spent two hours on the ground. There were Canadian <laughs> officials on the plane, and I used the
2: loo. Tick. Yeah. What about layovers? If you stop off at an airport, like yeah, I've stopped airport, off mate, at Hong gone. Kong Airport, I've used the loo there, and they had like pork hanging up in between gates. In it was between, great. between the I gates, was like this. okay. I was like, Even this enough <laughs> is enough Chinese. Where's this going? Uh, just, it, was, it was amazing. Just, you know, like little restaurant pits, but they got like, you know, the and the duck and the pork just hanging there. And it was so amazing.
1: I'll, I'd look at it in the case of, of, I would say, oh, Luke, you've been to Hong Kong. Tell me where to go. Where, sh- where should I stay? Where should I eat? And you'd be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> the airport's good. Gate 15, <laughs> they've got this hanging duck. <laughs> yeah, there's like yeah. pork hanging
0: everywhere. It's great.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the dream. It's the dream. Uh, I think
0: it, oh, definitely count for me. Definitely count.
2: Me. Anyway, <laughs> I've been um I've been looking at flights to Tokyo for later on in the year, and um, the ch- the, the flights aren't cheap. The flights are not cheap, and uh, the cheapest option seems to be flying to is it, uh, Guangzhou, Guangzhou airport, mm-hmm. and doing a layover there, like a long layover. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know if I can be bothered. The airlines as well, you know, not the best reputation, like China Eastern or whatever it's called. I'm like, oh. China Southern. Just one of those. Z- I think yeah. there's two. China Southern, China Eastern. I think it might be Southern, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's worth just paying the extra bit of Bob, isn't it? And going with like cafe or Emirates or something, right? Yeah, I'd say so.
0: As someone who's just spent 20 hours. Sorry, Liam, I'm still going on about it. But someone who's just spent a very long time on an airplane. Yes. You want to, you on long haul. You want to spend the money? I would say,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be done. So that's my twenty twenty four. That's what it's shaping up like, mate. And uh, and this get to see Fred, don't I? Fred, we're overdue a coffee date, mate. In are London. we? Oh, yeah. I thought, oh, our man gosh. date. We love that, don't we?
0: Yeah. Well, I'll give you some dates for like February, March, or something. We'll get something in the diary. All right, mate. Let's do that. Let's <laughs> I'm do busy that, man. Busy man. Yeah. Uh, guys, it's going to be a very big year in construction, and the world's best construction podcast is going to take you through all of it with, uh, you know, the kind of analysis and deep dive stuff that you're used to on this podcast including is it pasta or pasta in case you didn't listen to the special quiz episode <laughs> last week. Uh, which was amazing but yeah some very big things happening and this week on the b1m we've rounded up the top 10 construction projects completing in 2024 also in the news this week we've got bhutan's mindfulness city saudi arabia's new esports arena and some of your comments from the past week over the christmas period Let's do it. Let's get things rolling. Let's go. So first of this week, we are talking about the top 10 construction projects completing in 2024. Now, it is a very big year ahead for the world's greatest industry. Lots of exciting things happening. I have to say, looking at this year's list, it really feels like we are through the pandemic. Cancellations and delays are over. Um, things are getting a lot more back to normal and some very big stuff is unfolding all around the world. So, yeah, really enjoyed putting this video together. Worth saying, France, and particularly Paris, France, appears three times on the list this year, and that is all because it is hosting the Olympic Games, Paris 2024. I don't know about you guys, but it feels like the Olympic Games comes around a lot last few years, because Tokyo was delayed a year.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It I think like- so. 20- 2021, they did that. It's like the Euros, the Euros for this year so we're gonna see and this isn't the only time i'm gonna mention him jude bellingham we'll see him ripping it up in the euros in 2024 because it was obviously 2021 when it was last uh, last played but i do think the last few years
1: have just gone quick mate yeah absolutely. I, think, I think we've been talking about these projects as well quite a bit internally yeah. at the company you know what yeah. i mean we've been looking at trying yeah, yeah. to cover these for ages
0: Yeah, it's exciting things are finally coming to fruition. So kicking off the list, guys, on the top 10 projects completing in 2024, we've got the Olympic venues in Paris, France. As I said, this is probably the city that's going to have the uh, most attention on it in 2024. Interestingly, 95% of the venues for this Games are going to be in existing or temporary structures, including a spectacular new arena, which they're building at the foot of the Eiffel Tower. Now, you can see this in the video. It looks incredible. Um uh, reminds me of the one they built in London. They built a temporary arena on Horse Guards Parade in London during 2012. They've done it in like uh, Riel on the beach and stuff as well for the beach volleyball. Those temporary arenas in iconic locations are, are really cool. I think it really makes the Olympics. Um, the whole idea of using existing and temporary structures is to bring the cost down and generally be a little bit less wasteful and more sustainable. I think we've talked about it before, but a lot of cities now will look at the Olympics and sort of shudder because it's a lot of money effort investment and in the worst case scenario i'm thinking like rio and athens the games the olympic parks just get left as wastelands afterwards whereas you know in better scenarios like london tokyo others the venues go on to regenerate the area and you know become a, a long-term part of the city that they were they were built in um so yeah it's interesting that france taking this route it's There is one permanent venue, which is the
2: Aquatics Centre. Aquatic oh.
0: Centre? Aquatic Centre?
2: Aquatic. Aquatic. No, Aquatic. Oh, I've is got Liam aqua- in my aquatic. head.
0: <laughs> aquatic. See, if I say aquatic, I'm really proud. um Only permanent venue is the Aquatic Centre, largely built <laughs> with sustainably sourced mass timber. Oh, I love this building. Um 5,000 square meter roof. It's covered in photovoltaics. That makes it one of France's largest urban solar farms. Uh, and those PVs supply all the energy for this pool building. Um, and in size they've made the actual pool room space a bit smaller, but kind of carefully calibrated it. So if you're sitting in the stands, you can still see the whole pool, which is obviously quite important if you're watching the Olympics swimming races. Um, but they've made it a bit smaller, so there's a smaller room to heat, which makes it overall more sustainable. So it's a very, it's a very 2023... Sorry, no, see, I've done it again. I, I've done it.
2: What, what's wrong with me?
0: It's a new year. It's a very 2024 Olympic building.
2: There we go. Yeah, it is decent. I hate to say it. Paris Olympics looks pretty lit at the moment, doesn't it? Mm. Um, The swimming in the Seine.
0: You know, can Um, they pull it
2: off? Is the question. You've done number two. Number two on the
0: list, guys. thank, Mm. Thank you, Luke, for moving us on so gracefully. Is the Seine River cleanup? um now this is a big one right because french officials banned people swimming in the river back in 1923 because the water quality was so bad right uh, but they're now uh, on this effort to clean up the Seine so they can reuse it for swimming in uh the paris 2024 olympics so the 1900 olympics which were also held in paris they did the swimming races swimming trials in the river Obviously, things then went downhill, but they're now cleaning the river up with these massive treatment facilities that have been constructed uh, to kind of make it clean and swimmable once again. $1.5 billion invested, um, these massive tanks and treatment facilities that are basically pulling, I'm, I'm simplifying this, but pulling water out of the river, cleaning it, and then putting it back into the river, kind of like a you know a filter on a pool or a fish tank, but on a much, much larger scale cleaning the river out so it's going to be uh, ready for the ready for the games what's also interesting is the Olympic ceremony for this Olympics the opening ceremony sorry is not taking place in a stadium it's taking place along the river which should be pretty incredible so are
1: they is it going to be completely drained
0: while they treat the water no it's basically you don't see it water gets taken out and pumped back in
2: again and cleaned as it as it goes Ah, uh, right yeah I don't get how it works I don't get how because rivers you know have a constant flow don't they like how does that how does if you take a bit of water yeah the st- <laughs> more water is going to come in and then get pushed through the city and then well, the water that uh,
0: the water that yeah. comes down from the source is obviously clean is that stuff gets thrown yeah. into it and messed up as it goes through the city so there's there's a lot of measures going on to stop that stuff going into it to start with but also to clean the water that's there Already and make it generally a a better environment for things like bacteria, fish, ecosystems that help clean the river themselves anyway. Mm. Um, But they're they're kind of giving it a leg up by giving it these extra clean treatment facilities.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd be super dubious about swimming in that, hey? Even if I've treated it. (laughs) me too. (laughs) (laughs) You, You guys first. Pretty incredible, though. Cleaning an entire
0: river ready for the Olympics. And I think this opening ceremony, I remember the I mean, it rained, but the Queen's Diamond Jubilee back in 2012, there's a great big river pageant in London. That was really impressive, all the boats and stuff down the river. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be imagine,
1: at night, I think, or sort of dusk. because going to be fireworks and stuff. So Imagine if they clean, clean the Thames. Imagine if they did this to the Thames.
2: Oh, that would be the dream. <laughs> but some, then
0: the, the, some bloke the, with a hoover pole, like you see in the pool. Like, <laughs>
2: bag on the go. Bloody <laughs> hell, mate. Ornice cleaned right out. Paris, there's a 1.5 billion, uh, you know, solution to this. We just have a dude going around the Thames, hoovering up all the soot. But the, the Thames gets an unfair, like, wrap, really, because it looks really dirty, but a lot of that is just because of the silt on the riverbed and because there's a lot of clay in, that like, London soil, right? That's why we have to do, um, like, big foundations for our buildings, like, different foundations for our mm. buildings, right? Because the soil it's like really soft would you uh
0: go for a dip in the thames then luke
2: yeah why not mate oh why not already got crones so what else (laughs) what else of a youtube video (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll give it a go i'll give it a go mate why not
0: sounds good (laughs) please don't swim in fast flying rivers if you're listening um You might catch oil disease or get washed out to sea. (laughs) Anyway, next up on the list, we're still in Paris. This is one of our three big projects in Paris this year because they're hosting the Olympic Games. Uh, The restoration of Notre Dame. So, a completely different project here. Um, You might remember back in 2019, uh, this incredible cathedral was destroyed by a pretty devastating fire, ripped through much of the interiors, destroyed that iconic wooden spire. It's now being rebuilt and restored, but kind of I remember when it happened, they wanted it rebuilt before the Olympics. They've been racing away over the last few years. It's been a long and complicated project. They've invested more than $900 million. There have been setbacks. There have been delays. It's taken longer than expected, but it is getting there now. Uh, They reckon most of it's going to be open by the end of 2024. There's a reopening ceremony planned for December 2024. Much of the exterior is going to be done by the summer. Um, So that scaffolding you see at the moment is going to come down. And then the whole thing should be fully, fully open, sometime in 2025. It's, I have to say, it's, it's an incredible project to have taken such a historic building and restore it in such a accurate and loving way, uh,
2: in such a relatively quick time period. Is is incredible. I had no idea that Notre Dame was uh, Europe's most visited landmark. I know. Yeah, hmm. I didn't know that. I thought it'd be at least like somewhere in Clapham Junction or something, you know? <laughs> something more cultural. What landmark um,
0: in Clapham Junction are
2: you thinking of? Just the underground station, mate. Oh, okay.
0: Nothing special. Maybe it isn't classed as a landmark. That's what it is.
2: It is. That's where all the Aussies and Kiwis live in London, isn't it? There's like a... Liam knows all about that. That's a thing, isn't it? They move to Clapham for some reason.
1: Yeah, I, th- I, th- yeah, I think so, mate. Um, I think it sort of moves around... Um, I it? know, like, when my brother and sister were in the, in the 90s, it was, like, Earl's Court acting kind of area, Clapham. Uh, east London's quite popular now, like, Bethnal yeah. Green, London Field, Hackney. It's trendy. I, I never lived in Clapham, mate. I was far too cool to move there. I was straight <laughs> out east. <laughs>
2: straight out at east.
1: <laughs> Before it was cool. Ooh. Uh
2: Notre Dame, this the, the the revamp is pretty impressive though, isn't it? I'm looking forward to seeing what it will look like in person. But they I think all in all, this has been pretty quick, right? 2019 yeah. and they've yeah. It has. And I have to say these projects are incredible. You think of like
0: I'm thinking of ones I know like Big Ben, the big restoration of Big Ben, mm. the one that jumps to my Obviously that was a that wasn't after a disaster, it was just a general restoration. But Windsor Castle, the Windsor Castle fire, all those state rooms were rebuilt in you know a handful of years after that. Mm. um it is incredible you've got to think about the the skilled craftsmen and trades and attention to detail this requires you're rebuilding something that was built with centuries old methods and techniques and to bring it back and restore it as it was is incredibly difficult and throw in the fact that you've got loads of pressure media attention huge spotlight on you it's yeah it's a huge huge project huge Mm. projects um Mm. I think it's what's interesting is that when it first happened, a load of different architects put forward these very, very shocking proposals for what it could be. There's even a rooftop pool put forward for it at one point. But I'm really pleased they went ahead with a a non modern uh you know, just a, a simple restoration. There's been some rows the last week or so because Macron wanted some sort of well, not him personally, but some they reckon it's him personally. Uh he's been assigned to him by the media. He wanted some sort of new stained glass window that recognised the workers or something, or recognised the events that happened. And that's there's like a huge rejection going on about that. But what is quite nice, they recently put the the golds uh, cockerel back on the top of the spire, mm. and inside that there are Paris. The, the cockerel's been blessed by the Archbishop of Paris, uh, but there is like the there's fragments from. Christ's crown of th- uh, crown of thorns, apparently the crown he wore during crucifixion, apparently is inside this hen. But they've also put uh, a list of two thousand names of people who worked on the restoration, which I think is really nice, really oh. nice touch.
2: Interesting. That is that is so French. <laughs> that, <laughs> all of that, <laughs> like pomp and stuff. You're like, oh, it's so French. Honestly, though, yeah, it's it's great to see, mate. It's great to see that something as iconic as Notre Dame is kind of coming back and really quick, really, really quick. So yeah, yeah, probably a yeah. few croissants and uh, baguettes in that, in that head as oh, well. You know?
0: Now we're talking. Now, we're talking. now we're talking. An accordion maybe. Classic yeah. French. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Now guys, moving on beyond Paris, moving out of France for the first time on our top 10 list, number four. We've got Kaohsiung Station in Taiwan. Now, if you don't know where Kaohsiung is, this is located on the southern part of the island nation. Population of more than 2.7 million people is the third largest city in the country and an absolute economic powerhouse that's home to Taiwan's largest port and, get ready, the 13th busiest port in the world. What a claim Mm. to fame. Number 13 in the world, eh? (laughs) (laughs) This bustling city is going through a massive upgrade of its metro, and the huge new Kaohsiung station sits at the very heart of it. This has got it's a real transportation hub, right? It's got trains, metro, local and intercity bus services, taxi and bike routes. There's a 9.75-kilometer railway tunnel, seven new subterranean stations all linked onto this this huge, huge new development. Uh, and then over the whole thing, this is one of the probably best-looking architectural things on the list this year you've got this sweeping sort of perforated canopy that stretches right across the 8.5 hectare site uh, and kind of creates a new public park above the station. It's it's incredible. It's massive. It's an epic project. And I think it's really cool. I love this one.
1: Yeah, that's definitely my favorite on the list. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I wasn't that impressed with a lot of the projects on the list. Just being completely honest, there's there's nothing really that to me that I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. Like we've done this no. before in previous previous years at the B and M. We do what, a video every every year on this. Um I don't know, I just found them a little bit lackluster. But this station just looks phenomenal. <laughs> I love the um the canopy and the outdoor area as well, just how it just yeah. even that sort of just shows how it all links together at like a central point underneath. Yeah.
2: It looks better than Euston, doesn't it? I, I, uh, I got a train into Euston <laughs> the other day from Birmingham. We got really cheap train tickets from seeing uh, the Misses Family. And uh, my days, Euston and off a miserable station. Miserable. It's, ho- it's horrible. Absolutely vile station. Um, so maybe HS2 will help improve that. Say. If only there
0: were a big government plan to improve railway stations around Euston, eh? <laughs>
2: yeah, and going to Manchester or
0: something, you know, that happen if you get public sector investment in it, a, a private sector investment in it, which is just, oh, just. Oh, don't, 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 here I am again ranting about HS2. It's only the third day, right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> it a it's a train know, station. a
0: Train station. Yeah, this the the Gaosheng Station in Taiwan is incredible. I know what you mean, Liam. There are there's a big variety of projects, but it's not quite as juicy as previous years. I wonder if we've had a bit of a, I don't know. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's like a bit of a, Mm. some of the really big eye catching stuff has been
2: and gone. Mm. Do you think that's because of economy? Do you think that's because there's not as much money going around right now? Or
0: no, I think think it's
2: just the way things have landed. As I said at the beginning, I think there's more stuff happening now. I think we're very
0: much out of the pandemic. There's more, uh, big projects kicking off. Um, But some of the big stuff you see on the B1M will often run over several years. So the stuff that's actually finishing now has been around and kicked around for a little bit of time. Um, But there's more stuff now coming to fruition because the pandemic delays are sort of, you know, we're moving past those now. Not everyone can use that as an excuse for much longer, I don't think.
1: Apart from just
2: And spoiler, there's nothing on this list from Saudi Arabia. No. Because, you know... Nothing
0: completing this year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Next up on the list, at number five, we've got the
0: International Land-Sea Centre in Chongqing, China. Now, at 458.2 metres, this is the tallest new building to complete in 2024, and it is an absolute beast. It's going to rank among the 20 tallest skyscrapers in the world when it finishes... Now, this is incredible, right? Eight of the 10 tallest buildings completing in 2024 are going to be in China. 80% of the 10 tallest buildings completing are going to be in China. Uh, The other two are in Dubai and Cairo. So it just shows you how China is still... Despite the country's skyscraper ban, the limit on building tall buildings, they're still uh, completing some of these massive, massive products that that have been in the pipeline for a while. It just shows the construction that's still continuing in China.
2: It's... Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Impressive. Crazy. Impressive. What's this one called again? The International Land Sea Centre. International, which isn't the best name. Um, no, they they're rubbish at their names, aren't no, they? Society kind of the Rail Link in it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, International Land Sea. What's that all about? <laughs> no.
0: Stupid. What a stupid. Give me the land... address. I say, call it Nine D Cobb Avenue or something like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty <laughs> Finchett <Fenchurch> Street. <laughs> Twenty
2: Finchett. One Blythe Street. There you go. Oh, there we go! Cheers, Fred. A mm. Decent, decent enough looking building, isn't it? Yeah,
0: it's on the list because it's the tallest building completing this year. It's the tallest right. new skyscraper completing in 2024, right? Um, and yeah, just the stats around, like, see, obviously, China's had the, uh, as I said, the skyscraper ban that we've covered. It's had the downfall of Evergrande, which has been all over the news. Its property market is largely collapsing, mm. um, but it's still leading the world in high rise construction. Seventy three of the 100 tallest buildings currently under construction are all in China.
2: Have you seen on like TikTok mostly TikTok it's also on Instagram as well but loads of people have started getting flights to uh is it Chong, Chongqing this 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 uh this city in China where this tower is um because at nighttime it looks like the city in Blade Runner like it has all the LED <laughs> and neon against the buildings it looks like something from a video game. Have you yeah, seen that? I haven't seen that, no. It looks amazing, mate. It is it's an unusual unusual thing to see. And I bet in person it looks even more surreal. But yeah. um Yeah, it looks like proper Blade Runner. Shane Jen's you know, like know? that. Just incredible, like future like it feels yeah. like a futuristic
0: Star Wars set. Like I know what you mean. It's like yes. something out of the future. All the neon lights yeah. and the high-rise buildings and it's like the quintessential mega city isn't it yes mate yes mate yeah, yeah. so there you go so this no. one the the very well named international land sea center uh, designed signed by Co- <laughs> cone person fox we love a bit of kpf right designed by kpf 98 stories it's part of an 11 tower master plan they've designed that's going to literally completely overhaul the city's downtown area it's built on the banks of the yangtze river and one of the major train lines in the city is going to pass directly through the building at its base which is going to make for Lots of good Instagram reels and TikToks, I'm sure, when that gets when that gets unveiled. Um, but yeah, it's a big boy. Not good looking. Not very well named. But hey. <laughs> Other than that, we like it. And now we are heading on down under to try and tick a box for our Sydney audience with the Sydney Metro expansion. This is very exciting. This is your neck of the woods, Liam. Uh, Australia's largest metro is getting a much-needed expansion. It is a 30-kilometer new line. Borrowing under Sydney Harbour and through to the new CBD stations that are due to open in 2024. The project has been called, arguably, the most transformative piece of transport since the Harbour Bridge, which is a bold claim. Uh, $20 billion is being spent on this new network. It's one of the largest suburban rail projects in the world, rivaling even the Grand Paris Express over in our friend's uh, Paris yet again. By 2030, Sydney's going to have 113 kilometres of new metro rail and some 46 new stations that is a big investment in public transport infrastructure and it might even get people like Liam Marsh
1: out of their cars and ubers and onto the train much needed Ooh. mate much needed i think um i think the station near me is going to make it like 10 minutes to get to branger which is nice phenomenal for 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 australia
2: oh wow mm. so this so the station near your house You'll be able to yeah, walk it's to no, it's it's like 10 like the minute. suburb next to me.
1: I, w- I would not walk to it. It's in the next suburb next to me. But it's Would you have to drive to
2: it and then get the train in? Well,
1: oh, that's the thing. The station. <laughs> the station. I was at a cafe near it the other day, actually, and I was like, Well, the station's not really near. Need- it's like there's a little bit of res- there's residential there, but I might like, you know, is it where are you gonna people still gonna drive here? And I was talking to a couple that grew up in the area. And they're they're staying with their. They're about to move into house. They're staying with parents. And I was like, "Are you getting the train into work, or you driving?" And they were like, "Oh, we're driving because we'd have to drive to the train station anyway because it's like a twenty five minute walk or whatever." Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah,
2: it. it, You need kind of like an integrated rail network or metro system for that to work for the whole city. But I I suppose it's still it's it's a, a step in the right direction. I suppose it's, de- it's definitely good. Right. I think
1: definitely people will definitely use it. Just for me, yeah. it's a bit bit out of my way. And I suppose people I mean, maybe there's a car park there or something. I mean people can get masters yeah. there, right? I found so it. There pretty you go, good. Fred. It's, it's not gonna change I- anything. <laughs>
0: for for Liam. For Liam. <laughs> I was gonna say like, I found it pretty good when I was there. Arguably I was staying in a hotel next to a mainline station that went straight into the C B D and I was only going between there and the C B D. Uh so I found it pretty convenient. But it was pretty pretty quick and easy to get in and out of um in out the central business district where most of the, you know, the meetings and stuff I was doing were going on. Um, yeah, and the trains, very, the trains were very, cleaned. Yeah. yeah. Much cleaner than trains in London. Bit of double-decker action, which I like.
1: Yeah, oh, it's, yeah I think it's much decker. easier where, where you're staying, mate. You're very close to the city. You know what I mean? I think the yeah. problems are when you're out a little bit more, you know. trains. Yeah, can't that's like me saying. I,
0: lived, like. I stayed at Clapham Junction and getting to
2: Waterloo was really easy. That's exactly what you're saying,
1: mate. That is <laughs> exactly what you're saying.
2: See, Clapham. Yeah. Clapham gets another mention. Take that, Paris. <laughs> it's catching up, isn't it? It's catching
0: there up. There we go. And just for our Australian audience, because I know you're, you're very, we have a very passionate, very loyal Australian audience. I was very lucky to meet many of them down at our fantastic Get Construction Talking event uh, in, in, in November last year. Uh, but just to say, there are many, many awesome projects going on in Australia right now, but this is the top 10 projects completing in 2024. So we know all about your Brisbane Railway, your Melbourne Skyscrapers, your Melbourne Railway. We know all about that. It's great. But this is stuff finishing in 2024. So please calm down and don't at me. Yeah. (laughs)
2: And we love Bluey. So (laughs) calm
0: down. We love Bluey. We love Bluey. Uh, Now, from uh, keeping our Australian audience happy to heading over to Canada, keeping our Canadian audience happy, uh, the one in Toronto, Canada is going to complete this year. Now, strict zoning laws and a rising population mean that Toronto is seeing a massive skyscraper boom. We've covered this before, uh, but basically because they've they've very restricted where tall buildings can be built and there's a rising population and there's more businesses moving into the area and the rest of it, there's this uh, rising skyscrapers being built in the specific districts uh, or specific districts of Toronto. The city is soon going to overtake Chicago as the urban area with the second most skyscrapers in North America after New York, which I think is pretty incredible. Um, This one's designed, this one, the one, designed by Foster & Partners. is going to rise 306 metres above the city and become Canada's first super tall building. Inside, you're going to get apartments, commercial space, and a hotel. Uh, I like this. It's pretty nice looking. It's all
2: right. It's all right looking. Yeah it's all right it's a high, there's a high bar on today's episode and was like, 2024 <laughs> mate 2024 we're coming in <laughs> high standards high standards i think um yeah this has the potential to look really cool and it's uh is it me or does it not look as tall as like the renders suggest like to me i don't look at the render and go oh yeah that looks like, super tall I think they've been quite clever
0: with the renders and tried to minimise how big it looks on the skyline so it doesn't cause too much offence. Because it is, and I know from experience, putting up... Not from experience, but I've seen it in other projects where putting up the tallest new building somewhere does ruffle feathers and come with a lot of scrutiny and planning approval pressure. So they've probably been quite careful with how they're presenting it, but... I, I I like it. it. It looks very Foster and Partners. It fits with Toronto really nicely. It's eye-catching and different, but not gaudy like the walkie-talkie. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I really like it. I really like it. It's got these clever cutaways. I should just mention the really cool engineering feature. If you look at the pictures of this, there's like cutaways every few floors where the building's mechanical levels are, and that's to uh, help air currents that hit the building flow through the building. So it helps disrupt air currents, uh, and avoids these kind of areas of high and low air pressure around tall buildings that can occur, that can cause buildings to sway. That's called as uh, air, air current vortices, which we've talked about in recent videos. Mm. Um yeah, very really cool engineering trick. Very similar, actually, to 432 Park Avenue's technique over in New York. But yeah, I like this building. It's good to see Canada getting its first ever super tall building. Um Yeah. Yeah, I think Toronto's got some challenges. There's there's a rising population. There's a housing crisis. I think they are going to have to rezone some stuff soon to address Mm. it. But let's see where things go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good discussion for another video, maybe. You know, there you go. Who knows? I hope you're
0: happy Canada. We get lots of messages going, Well, you never cover Canada. We do cover Canada. And the answer is the same answer I go to every country just build better stuff. You know, if you want us to cover you on a more regular
2: basis, Build something cooler. That's what I say. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Who else can we offend, Fred? <laughs> Who well, else number can we eight. Upset? Let's head over to Frankfurt, Germany next. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> number eight on the list, which is actually on last year's list as well, for Frankfurts in Germany. It's unlike Germany to uh, spend longer than planned on a project, but here we are, for Frankfurt. Yeah. It's taking a little bit longer than expected. Due to officially complete in 2024 is for Frankfurt. We've talked about it a lot on the B1M, um, but a very big new development of, funnily enough, four skyscrapers, which now has the, well, hopefully, the poetic elegance of actually finishing in 2024 as well. Yeah, I can see the marketing now of the opening ceremony. It's just it's it's easy to do. <laughs> um, this city is getting much taller again. This is another one that's seeing a bit of a boom in high rise construction. 50 high-rises currently either being built or planned in Frankfurt. It is striking when I went there and stood on top of the uh, the Omniterm Tower last year on a very hot day. Obviously, I'm just going to bring up the weather in Frankfurt, because that's what I always do. Uh, you can see a lot of high-rise stuff, particularly around the central business district. It was pretty incredible. Um, this new building, so for Frankfurt is four buildings, as I said, but the new building at the centre of it, the tallest one, is going to rise 233 metres above street level. Um this is one of those like mixed use new districts again so you've got offices, apartments, a hotel, shops, restaurants, the whole thing is like a little city within a city and its positioning is designed to kind of reconnect the city center with the banking districts because they've been quite separated and you do get that vibe when you're there it does feel like the banking area and the sort of city center area are quite separate this is like a kind of a a link development between the two is mm. it going to work like that remains to be seen, but they're certainly putting a lot of effort into that ground level mixed use podium area.
2: Mm. I'd love to go to Frankfurt, you know, especially after your story where, um, you know, the infamous Jegging story. Go in August, you mate. Know, the hot. The hot. When, was that for for Frankfurt or was that for a different project? So in 2022,
0: infamous- 2022, I went uh, to see for Frankfurt in August, which oh. was. And then 2023, I went to see Omniterm Tower in August, oh, which was hot. Mm. And Omniterm Tower and Frankfurt, sorry, for Frankfurt, are next to each other. So I got to talk, check in on both. both
2: oh, terms. right. Right. I've heard that. I've heard that. And I've. Um, there's this comedian, there's this English guy that I follow called Liam. Is it Liam Parps or something like that? Liam Carps. I follow him on insta English dude that lives in Germany, I think he's married to a German girl, and he does amazing like little skits based on like german culture and um, I think Frankfurt has a reputation for being uh like the hood of Germany, yeah like a little bit rough <laughs> really so does it yeah yeah, yeah oh. apparently well, according to uh, a comedian on Instagram. So it must be true. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, there you go. If you live in Frankfurt or Germany, let us know, guys. Get your messages
0: coming in. Podcast at yeah. UNM.com. Are you living in a ghetto? Um, <laughs> have we massively stereotyped where you live? <laughs> that was Luke Bly. Well, it's Luke Bly, B L I G H. Get your messages go. coming in. Aim them at him mm-hmm. if you can. Uh, now, moving on from Europe and over back over to Asia, we're looking at the Oxy Towers in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. The massive Well-Oxley complex is going right up next to the iconic Patronus Towers, which is obviously that famous uh, skyscraper duo linked by what's probably the world's most famous sky bridge, featured in that film with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery. Entrapment. Never seen it. But anyway, I know, all I know is that the big thing about that movie is it features this bridge between oh, the two towers. Yeah.
2: I've not seen that.
0: No, I, I wouldn't bother, mate, to be quite honest. It's a, I think it's a rom-com. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not good. Uh, just Google that scene. That scene's pretty cool, I think. Um, right, the Well Oxley Towers raises the bar on sky bridges in Kuala Lumpur. It's got two sky-high connections, each with their own rooftop garden. Uh, it is a sprawling structure with nearly 2 million square meters of floor space, which is five times that of the nearby Petronas Complex. Uh, and the tallest tower in it is going to rise to 338 meters. So a new super tall tower rising in Kuala Lumpur. Obviously, this place is the home of Medeca PNB, the world's second tallest building, so it's not going to come anywhere close to being the tallest building in the city. Uh, but a nice developments, a pretty
2: big, ballsy developments mm. over in KL. Mm. I've never been. This, this is probably my second favourite on the list. What's your favourite? The next one. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> last on the list is my number one, but... Um, yeah, this looks decent, doesn't it? Looks decent. I like it. I'm excited for this. Skybridges, what's not to like? KL love a Skybridge, don't they?
0: Yeah. And this is the same yeah, city like you've got to remember that's just built the old uh, Tun Razak mm. Exchange as well, with a massive set of skyscrapers around that. So yeah, I might be going to KL this year, so I'm looking forward to that. Might be one on my list. Um and we flew over it on the way to Singapore. So yeah, very nice. Looking forward to getting down there. Yeah, I know Liam, it counts. I've been Yeah, been to KL, yeah. <laughs> flew over it (laughs) yeah looking forward to it should be good um amazing city doing lots of construction and this is an absolute beta project, completing later in 2024 Mm. Uh, now last on the list number 10 we've covered this quite recently but unless you've been living under a rock the Santiago Bernabeu Stadium over in Madrid has undergone an incredible one billion dollar transformation to become the self-declared best stadium in the world. This is the home of Real Madrid, which had a complete makeover. I mean, makeover probably doesn't do it justice. The stadium looks completely different to how it did before. Uh, They've got this massive wraparound facade. They've increased the capacity of the stadium, albeit marginally, from 81,000 to 85,000. There's an epic new retractable roof. There's new terraces. But the best bit for me is this amazing retractable pitch that can be segmented and then stored below ground, kind of vertically stacked into like this sort of dry dock underneath the stadium next to a live Metro line. Uh, and then while gigs happen in the stadium, you know, while you're watching whatever it may be upstairs, S Club 7, the Spice Girls, whatever, you, whatever may take your fancy, Luke. Uh, <laughs> down below, the grass is kept in optimal conditions. It's got heating. It's got special... <laughs> lights that make it grow i'm not going to really explain this very well but it's some kind sort of like uv light system that helps the grass grow the grounds team water it and mow it it's i love this product it's an yeah. epic epic feat of construction and engineering happened right in the middle of a city and yeah a very very strong addition to the list
2: it's the best on the list mate it's the best on the list the Burner absolutely love it looks great on the inside and the outside
0: yeah oh. That's nice. It's like the perfect partner. It's great. Yeah. It's like a little sign you have in the kitchen, isn't it? Like a little sign you hang mm. on a rope in the kitchen. You're beautiful inside and out. Mm. Live, laugh, love. Yes. Santiago Bernabeu. <laughs> that's you in the Real Madrid Stadium. Okay, so that's that's your
2: favourite on the list. What's the weakest on the list for you? Oh, weakest. Um, Probably for Frankfurt for me oh i know because it's in the ghetto yeah some frankfurt <laughs> no 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 I, d- I don't think i just don't think it's significant enough for me i understand that it's a big project but they've already they were already on the 2023 list you know and they're on the 2024 again Come having on. done
0: this list for a few years running part of it is the uh political balance of making sure you get a project's Reason to be spread throughout the world because we get a lot of comments <laughs> like, Oh, you've done them all in Europe, or oh, they're all in North America, or,
2: <laughs> where's Malaysia? Or and again, it's like, guys, don't ever go at me, just
0: build better stuff, you know.
2: Mm. South America, where's South America? Yeah,
0: this? where's Peru? You never cover Peru, well, you never build anything decent. So,
1: <laughs> 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 can you imagine when's neon
0: meant to be finished? Oh, 20, everything's 2030
1: isn't
0: it, As it 2030 yeah completing in 2030 the amount, of, the amount of architectural press releases I've read with 20 <laughs> bloody 30 in it it's supposed to be a mile long in 2030 2025 was another one 2025 was a huge year by 2025 we'll be doing this well 12 months to go lads let's see what happens <laughs>
1: Liam, what's your favorite on the
0: list and what's your weakest on the list?
1: Favourite is the um transport um hub. Nice. Yeah. In Taiwan. Mm, My wow. least favorite is probably the uh maybe the International Land Sea Container or yep. I'll keep mm. Sydney just because I think it's really good for the city. Uh the scene cleanup. <laughs> Yeah, the scene. Um, the
2: scene cleaner. Cleaning up the scene. Cleaning the scene.
1: It's <laughs> the yeah. The scene.
0: Oh, that's not good. Explanation. Your body, all the rest of it.
1: Actually, What's yours, I mate? Kind of, What's
0: yours? I kind of agree with you. I think the the Kaohsiung station is the most eye catching impressive one. I do think Sydney Metro is an epic feat of engineering. It's yeah. very, very cool. I do like a bit of a metro project. Mm. Um, yeah, so that they're, they're good. And I agree with you, mate. I think the Seine River Cleanup, though impressive in terms of architecture and stuff, you know, in terms of you know impacts, it doesn't really hit me.
1: Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. just a river else. cleanup, isn't it? It's just a river up <laughs> That's all it
0: is. <laughs> just clean up the river, mate. Yeah, how much do you want for that? Yeah. <laughs> but there you go, guys. The top ten construction projects completing in 2024. Let us know what you think. Have we missed anything? And again, don't be like, I'm gonna complete my kitchen refurb this year. We don't wanna hear about a new kitchen or tea points or something minor you're doing, like a shed extension. We don't want to hear about that. Big massive infrastructure projects, the kind of thing you'd see on the B1M on a regular basis. Impressive architecture, huge scale, big impact. You know, you know the stuff we like. Let us know if we've missed anything. Get your comments coming in podcast at theb1m.com. So, today's episode is sponsored by Trimble Construction. Viewpoint FieldView is Trimble's site management solution that's helping construction companies of all sizes improve quality management, deliver defect-free projects, and comply with the latest building regulations. With FieldView, you can easily manage defects with visibility at every step, maintain quality and compliance across the supply chain through predefined workflows, and track project performance from anywhere. The likes of Bellway Homes, Waits, Galliford Try, and many more are already going paperless on site with FieldView. You can learn more at the link down there in the podcast description. And don't just take our word for it, guys. We've got a couple of quotes here from some of these big, big firms that are using FieldView to manage their projects. Um, Tony Atkin, who is the Group Production Managing Director for Bellway Homes, said, Now we can keep accurate records during construction phases, which can be used to ensure compliance with building regulations and bring further improvements to quality standards. I don't know what Tony's accent sounds like. I wasn't going to do an accent for Tony. I'm just going to read it out straight. We have another quote here from Michael Green, who is the managing director of Red Systems, who says Recently, we've used Fieldview more for compliance. Following the Grenfell disaster, we work on high risk buildings, and there's a requirement for us to demonstrate that what we've put in is right. And we use FieldView to capture photographs and the compliance of what we've installed on site. So this is a really, really impressive system. And as Michael says, capturing what you put in and documenting it in photographs and organizing it through FieldView is incredibly useful. I've seen this used out on real sites. And as we said, it's being used by some major contractors uh, right across Europe and around the world. So, yeah, go and have a look, guys. The link is down there in the podcast description. And a big thanks to Trimble Construction for sponsoring today's episode. Also in the news this week, we are kicking off with an epic new product that's been announced in a city and a country that we don't ever normally cover. In fact, I don't think we've ever covered. We are heading over to Bhutan an amazing country where a new mindfulness city has been unveiled. This is going to be, or well, it's designed by Bjarke Ingels Group, Arup and Sistri, Uh, going to be constructed from scratch, in basically the middle of nowhere, next, next to an existing city. Um, incredible projects. It's a new international airport, railway connections, a hydroelectric dam, and several other bits of key public services and infrastructure. There's going to be a health centre, there's schools, there's everything you need to start a new society the new dam they're building is absolutely incredible it features this uh, step step well design across its retaining wall and step wells you know think of the step wells of india where you've got lots of different staircases all descending down so that you can uh, well, originally they're used for going down and collecting water but they're also places where communities come together incredible buildings they've got one of these on the front of a dam, all with these dramatic colours, there's a lookout place, uh, there's viewpoints, there's meditative walks they're planning, there's going to be a new temple integrated into the front of the dam. I have never seen anything like it. It's absolutely incredible. Um, 70% of Bhutan is covered in forest. It's a fascinating country. I love Bhutan. Everything I read about it and see about it looks incredible. 70% of it covered in forests. So the Mindfulness City aims to amplify the country's biodiversity by, and this is a quote from Bjarke Ingels, emerging as a vibrant tapestry of interconnected ecosystems and lively neighbourhoods shaped by the flow of the 35 rivers and streams that run through the sites. Why can't oh. we
1: write English in these press releases? <laughs> So that's a format to be relatable to the common man.
0: Yeah, most, of the, the industry. most of the time, we spend a lot of time and effort
1: deciphering
0: <laughs> what they've said in these statements <laughs> and then explain to the world what it actually means.
2: Yeah. yeah, like It's marketing spiel, isn't it? And it is. Yeah, it's not relatable at all. It's, that is, that is a, a, a gripe I have with the industry big time.
0: Which is a shame because the project is amazing. Yes. It's this new city, there's there's bridges over rivers, the river's not been interrupted, It it's built into the forest, the dam is incredible, it's got an airport, I mean, it, it's incredible for me. I think I'm someone that's pretty fascinated with this country anyway, but to see a product of this scale, this beauty, this impact uh, in this location is just, just amazing. I, I want to go and cover it, I desperately want to yeah. go and cover it, it looks amazing.
1: Yeah, definitely, mate. I... I am going to say this is probably my favorite project we've ever spoken about that we haven't done a video on. Whoa. It's amazing. That's- how's oh, how's that talkie. dam? Huh? But the walkie-talkie. Wow. We haven't done a video on that. <laughs> Nor will we. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. That second slide, it's just like that typical sort of Asian architecture, you know what I mean? And then you've got the rainforest, behind it just looks phenomenal
2: yes yeah i think you are bang on the money with something liam that it actually does look asian it looks east asian and i think that's something that you know i i understand with with global architecture with offices and with skyscrapers you know you can't go too over the top um at all times but yeah a lot of buildings in a lot of countries nowadays look similar. And I do think that's a massive shame. Massive shame. This is celebrating that culture, isn't it? It's it's celebrating that design heritage of this part of the world. And you know what? I think this I, I'm I'm gonna agree, mate. I think this is one of the best projects we've covered.
0: Mm. I I I would agree too. I wouldn't say it's the best, but it's definitely up there. I think a, ste- a multi-colored step a multicoloured stepwell like that on the front of a dam, leading to a temple, enabling you yeah. to enjoy the environment, enjoy the you know the the forest around it, enjoy the view, meditate. I've I've never seen anything like it. It's incredible. And the rest of it yeah. is incredible too. You know, the way they've designed the buildings, there's a nod to the the local vernacular. There you go, Liam, your favourite word. Um <laughs> it's it's incredible and the comments reflect this too lots and lots of lots of comments saying this looks incredible um adam saying never thought bhutan would get its moment in the architectural sun neither do we but there you go uh, it's, it's here it's on the b1m lots of people saying it's awesome lots of people saying it's amazing uh diego has quoted the press release saying when nature is enhanced someone needs to stop these architects <laughs> i do kind of do kind of agree um yeah, some pretty incredible stuff has uh, yes. been put forward here. I yeah. like it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Will it, will it look like that when it's built? Who knows. But got some big names involved here, so hopefully it will. What year is it due to be complete, mate? Oh, mate, there isn't a year, but you know what? 2030. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick 2030 on it. That's what everyone says. <laughs> Mindfulness City. Couldn't be more contemporary, could it? But if you think mindfulness, Bhutan is one of those places where people go, and they 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 make pilgrimages up into the yes. mountains to go and find themselves. Yes, yeah. I've kind of got the picture of uh, Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura Two in my head. Yeah, you know he goes to a temple at the beginning. Yeah, it's not yeah. like that. And again, I've stereotyped Bhutan, so apologies. But yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, we're heading back to Saudi Arabia, because of course we always do. Uh now there is a new esports arena set to be constructed uh, in a new mega city development that I can't pronounce. Quidia? Quidia City? Yeah. I've I've butchered that. But anyway, populist designed e games arena, lined with neon lights. It looks it it looks very eye-catching. It's probably a bit gaudy for me. 5,000-seater uh, venue. There's a new, uh, the new main arena inside. Features 4D haptic seats, which are seats that kind of move, shake, vibrate, do stuff to you as you're watching the the game or whatever it is you're watching on the screen. Uh, huge banks of video screens for spectators. Incredible, incredible new-looking thing. A very, again, very modern uh, typology of construction and architecture. It's been built in a dedicated uh, gaming and esports district within this new city. Uh, And again, this is one of these, the city itself is one of several mega projects being uh, put forward by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, which, as we know, is working to diversify the economy away from oil and improve their terrible human rights record. (laughs)
2: Um, Well put, Fred. Well put. Um, Esports is a massive industry like a huge 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 industry uh there are tournaments in you know like china and i think this year in uh south korea where they have whole stadiums and they sell out you know for these tournaments these guys playing like Dota or league of legends right it is a huge industry with massive potential so it's interesting that saudi arabia are trying to tap into that um it yeah, it is. Uh, and what did you? How did you describe it, Fred? Gordy or something? What yeah. Did you
0: say, Gordie, uh, would, Yeah. Would you want this in your local? Like if this has been proposed in Stratford, like the MSG Sphere. <laughs> I was it thinking, just, it just wouldn't <laughs> happen, would it? It's just, it's, it's very different, very unusual. It's a classic esports arena. Not that there is a classic style for that, but you yeah. know, what I mean, kind of fits the brief, doesn't it? Yeah. But,
2: would you want this in your local area? No. I don't mind it. See, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. Especially as a dedicated esports arena, you know, growing industry, growing community. I don't think it's the worst idea at all. Kind of kind of looks like lava lamps bunched together. <laughs> it does <laughs> <you know>? oh, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think Populous are obviously a very good brand. They know their they know their arenas and their stadiums. Uh-huh. It doesn't sorry, Populus, it doesn't hit me as the best thing they've ever designed. There's a few comments reflecting that as well. Um mm. But, yeah, uh, interestingly, on the old Neom front, there's lots of stuff going on. Some of you guys have been getting the ads about um, them now setting up studio production there. Mm. Yeah, there's like loads of ads now about how you can move your uh, film production works to Saudi Arabia because they've invested in studios, they're doing tax breaks, they're trying to literally lure Hollywood over there now as well, doing the same with eSports. Um, but Neom opened its first international office recently in London. So in London, UK, they opened up their first international office. Uh, and it was marked by, I think, Saudi Arabia's ambassador to the UK was there, the NEOM chief executive was there, and the UK's deputy prime minister, Oliver Dowden, was there. That's all caused quite a bit of controversy because it's sort of like the UK cozying up to Saudi Arabia to get investment. When Saudi Arabia is involved in, you know, what well, has been historically involved in human rights abuses around its construction projects, there's this thing about, Alleged forced evictions around Neom sites. There's the war in Yemen. You know, all this stuff is rumbling on. There's quite a bit of baggage with Saudi Arabia. Hmm. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Bit random, innit? Bit random. Let's do an esports arena. <laughs> that doesn't seem doesn't seem like it's on their agenda, to be honest. But I think they're trying to tap into entertainment, football, esports. Hollywood right there is you said it best up top mate they're trying to change the narrative of the country yeah they're trying to bring the world to invest in Saudi Arabia
0: literally they want to diversify they've got this massive oil economy you know one of the richest countries in the world they're trying to replicate that with tourism and other industries and they're going really really big on it as we've seen before yeah um on the old gaming and esports front, I had quite the Christmas on the Nintendo Switch with my son. Won a couple Ooh. of grand Prix on Mario Kart, which was which was great. <laughs> he got um, Nintendo Switch bowling. Uh, well, he got like a sports package, which was great. Oh. Sword fighting, right? I'm actually like cany on the sword fighting. Bowling <laughs> was great. Um, but then off off the game, off off of the uh, the console, and back in the real world, I went bankrupts on Super Mario Monopoly. So
2: No. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Oh, mate! It's all Mario themed. It's all Nintendo. It all, everything's themed. Mario themed. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Side note, mate. Did you see a uh, like Universal have bought a load of land oh, in the UK? Yes. Did you a see that to build a site. theme park over here? Yeah, they're gonna get a shock when they find the weather, aren't they? <laughs> I think they're true, but I think a lot of it will be indoors. They've recently built a park in Beijing. And it's mostly indoor stuff. Clever. So I think, yeah, because like the air quality and the rain in Beijing. So they're like, yeah, we're going to do a similar thing in the UK. So it yeah, should be exciting.
0: Problems. We've got air quality problems. There's rain problems. There's political yeah. problems. There's. We got, it.
2: we got it all, mate. We got it all. Buffet, take what you want. UK, yeah. okay.
0: welcome. Imagine it's like when you say indoors, like the, you know, the dome in The Simpsons, The Simpsons movie where they just fly a big dome in and drop it down. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine just like one day the whole country's going to start shaking as these massive Chinooks yeah. come over from from Florida with this great big dome, and the dome like sails over the south of the UK and then drops down on this little. Yeah. Oh, is it some sort of old industrial works? Isn't it? out your yeah. way?
2: No, Bedford, Bedford. Oh, it's, it's near, near Bedford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nowhere near you. So big dome. It'll be like the Hunger Games, mate. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah, it's going to
0: be great. Yeah, stand the parks are looking at that dome going. Oh, I wish we had a dome like that. <laughs>
2: Ah. Anyway guys, let us
0: know what you think of the esports arena over in Saudi Arabia, designed by Populous. Um, and how was your Christmas on board games on Mario Kart? Keep your comments coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com It's now time to head over to the messages corner, the email inbox. What have you got for us this week, Luke?
2: Right, it's um, it's a cheeky one, but not in not in a positive way, lads. This negative review, but I think it's too funny not to address and to read out. This is from Dynasty Boy, uh, who titles his review, he gave us one stars out of five. Yeah? Where is says, this? This is an Apple. Yeah, this is an Apple podcast. He goes, stick to buildings. He goes, really? <laughs> Wait, I know know where he's coming from already. (laughs) Wait, no, no, no. He goes, really funny to listen to British dudes. (laughs) Yes, Liam, British dudes. British dudes criticize American water infrastructure based on a single city with 100,000 people when the UK still discharges raw sewage into rivers. So, (laughs) cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. Uh, But I would... I would still rather take a glass of tap water from the UK any day over anywhere in the US. So, I don't know if uh I don't know if you proved, you proved your point, but there we go. Has he got a point, Fred?
0: Hey, well, he does have a point because uh, there is a lot of stuff at the minute about the rivers being polluted in the UK, which is not good. But in terms of it's drinking water, the stuff you turn from your tap, like I would agree with you, Duke. I would much rather have clean yeah. drinking water in the like clean drinking water in the UK is guaranteed wherever you are. Yeah. You know, the point I'm making is that in America,
2: it's not. It's, not. <laughs> it's a bit. So. I don't want to. I don't want to like you know make a joke of anything serious. But you guys kind of don't have a great track record, do you? As, no. as a country, the US doesn't have the best track record for drinking water. So I, I love the know, negative reviews. Like, I used to get, be, over, used to get, get quite offended
0: it. by negative comments, but then I kind of got a thick skin as I got older. Probably this, is like, this has gone on for years now. Obviously, you post stuff on YouTube on a regular basis. You're going to get rubbish comments every yeah, now and then. You get used to it. There's this guys in America that's like, I don't ever want to hear a British accent talking about my American project. like <laughs> 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 going on and on about? I shouldn't be covering it because because I'm British. Like it should be an American talking about. It. Well, I've gone then. Someone in America start a hit construction YouTube channel with as many subs as us. <laughs> might see that happen.
1: But... Oh, <laughs> also, also yeah. I do not sound British. Aquatic.
2: <laughs> Why? Aquatic. Aquatic. I said, aquatic. nothing like you guys. Well, to some, listen, some Americans, they think we sound real similar. Yeah. We've had this conversation. Yeah, I some. get that
0: sometimes in the US. We're like, oh, are you from Australia?
1: Yeah, I, mate. Wow. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, mate. I. What, what is your Australian accent, Fred? Oh, I'm not going to do an Australian accent. Okay. <laughs> We've already I offended you, Sydney. I just saw you contemplate. You're like, hmm, should I do it?
2: For a split second.
0: No, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Anyway, guys, get your messages, whether they're good or bad. Get your messages coming in at podcast at the bnm.com. Don't forget <laughs> to uh, give us a review. It would be much appreciated. <laughs> and again, a huge thanks to Trimble Construction for sponsoring today's episode. You can find out more about FieldView at the link down there in the podcast description. It's very good to be back. 2024 is upon us. Lots of cool construction products coming this year. Uh, and we're going to do our best to at least talk about them to a certain extent. Yeah, you know, a little bit briefly on the world's best construction podcast, in amongst the other debates, the quizzes, the chat about what's
2: going on in our lives, the usual stuff. The spiel. 2024, yeah. mate. Let's have Let's it. do it. <laughs>
1: Both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Luke, You're just like... <laughs> we do that again, <laughs> I thought you were going <laughs> let's, let's try that again.